Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, May 26th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, the, the folks yeah. are getting a lot of us this week. <laughs> the children's, uh, they're all going to listen. And we are here <laughs> to give the news every single day this week, I feel. Which is, it's been fun. Matt and I love doing shows together. So this has been... Famously, famously. So they are getting a lot of, of our commentary. I hope everyone's either enjoying it or rolling their eyes. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're still listening, I don't care. Um, okay. But I will say the fact that we are doing Friday's episode as well, we're going to eat good. We are going oh. to eat good on Friday's episode is all I'm saying. So mm, It is the last midnight. It is. There will definitely be some magic to do as well. So we'll get to that later. Um, one thing that is magical that I want to talk about before we get into the show, um, the recent benefit Broadway Backwards raised a record $758,000 to benefit Broadway Cares, Equity Fights, AIDS, and the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Community Center in New York City. We've talked about miscast, and it's it's always weird to me that they do miscast and Broadway Backwards like so close together because... Yeah, they're, well, it's, they're slightly different, but they're essentially the same ideas. And I feel like Broadway Backwards always gets lost in the shuffle because they don't do as much streaming stuff. Well, let me tell you, this is fundraising season because I grew up in nonprofit. Yes. Um, I'm telling you that like this is the peak time for that to happen. So it makes sense that it's kind of all together at the same time. But I agree with you, the programming, we could we could parcel it out in a different way. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. Maybe maybe put uh, the Broadway flea in between to kind of buffer. Could be. Yeah, yeah, could be. Um this is not fundraising related, but you did go see a show on Tuesday night that I want to give you a chance to talk about real quick because it is one that I'm sorry that I missed. I wrestled back and forth about going and seeing it when I was in town last time and ended up not seeing it. But I, I think I'm disappointed that I didn't see it. And I don't know what your thoughts are on this show. So tell us what you saw on Tuesday night. I saw one of the best revivals I have ever ah, seen in my life. <laughs> Grace, why are you doing this to me? I am really sorry, but I freaking loved every second of this. because Tell people the, what it was. Liliana Blaine Cruz's direction of The Skin of Our Teeth with uh, some amendments to Thornton Wilder's original play with Brandon Jacob Jenkins' words. It was, it was exactly what I want new uh, revivals to feel like. I want it to feel like someone had a point of view. Someone had um, interest in, in not only the text, the subject matter, the, the you know, enormous, exciting set that told the story along with the actors. It was just, it didn't make me want to go, gosh, Thornton Wilder, he's really got something going. It made me say, that's exactly what I want to look for in a, in a new revival of a show. I want to see somebody that has a passion for the storytelling. I want to see Gabby Beans, who absolutely deserves not only her nomination, but a Tony Award. Um, I, I oh, was wow. just so excited. And, and it honestly, three hours flew by. Um, I was impressed with everyone's performance. And again, I wasn't like, gosh, I love this play now, which I think is different than, you know, when you see something, you're like, now I'm a big fan of this. Yeah. Like we were with, you know, um, is this a room? And like that one, I wanted to go back and study and all those other things. But this one was a perfect like creativity moment of this is the future of theater that I want. I want everyone in in this room to feel like they're part of something. And it was it was just really exciting. And I could tell. You know, yesterday was a really challenging day in the news or the day that I was seeing the show. And I could tell at the end, like during Bow's 
the actors felt that as well. But we were all together in that same space. And I just want to say, I know it's only playing through May 29th. So this is probably, you know, falling onto deaf ears. But I really urge you all to get to Lincoln Center to see this. Um, I was just really excited and impressed. And it made me want to return for another three hours. And I know I can't, which breaks my heart. So Gabby Beans, Liliana Blank Cruz, Bezos Kisses. This was, I'm so, yeah, that's all. (laughs) And this is one where I talked about how much I wanted to see this. One, because I love Thornton Wilder. Two, because I love weird stuff in general. But... If you saw um, Anatomy of a Suicide off Broadway, th- that was the Leanna Blaine Cruz and Gabby Beans, along with Carly Pugino oh. and other folks as well. Like that was a performance and that was direction where you're like, it might not have always worked for me because I, I felt like the overlapping dialogue was hard to follow in some th- in some places. But like it was like you said, this is what I want theater to be so i'm really mad that i talked myself out of seeing that one because oh you should be pissed yeah i saw some stinkers (laughs) when i was in town and i just felt like the reviews were mixed it's three hours and i don't mind a three-hour show if it's good but i mind a three-hour show if it's not um yeah so i screwed that one up i dropped i screwed the pooch there the last thing I, I will say to wrap it is that it's nominated for six Tony Awards, and I could see it winning every single one because the scenic design by wow. Adam Rigg was insane. The costume design was beautiful, and I know I'm such a sucker for mid-century modern, so I know that it was already catered towards something that I already like, so I don't care. Um, the the lighting design by Yi Zhao was um, impeccable. Like, I noticed it. It was it was just every single creative element was working together. The sound design was very important to the story. Every single one is worth it. And um, yeah, I think that Tony voters are going to have a hard time <laughs> um, after after what I saw. So that's that's all. <sighs> I'm mad at myself. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the news, Grace. And we're starting off with something that I was incredibly excited about when I saw it first reported in Deadline. Yeah. Then when I opened the article, I was a little less excited about it, but I'm still (laughs) excited about it. But in an exclusive report, Deadline reported that Stranger Things star and Broadway alum Gadon Matarazzo will be returning to Broadway this summer in Dear Evan Hansen. Now, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, what an inspired choice to play the titular deer. Unfortunately, he's... He is going to be joining the company as Jared Kleinman, which he will be great in. But I was super excited about the fact that Gatton could be playing Evan because I thought that's such an interesting, yeah. different take on the role. Um, but he's not. Um, he'll still be great. I saw, obviously, he made his Broadway debut in the original cast of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Mm-hmm. Um, then he returned as Gavroche in Les Mis in 2014. And then he's obviously gone on to stardom in Stranger Things. The fourth season drops its first part on Friday. Um, but, you know, he's not, he doesn't fit the mold of previous Evans. He's also younger. Um, he's 19, uh, though. He is in the age. I mean, Adam I mean. Barthelman yeah. was like 16, 17. That's true. That's true. I guess I'm just thinking compared to like, Jordan Fisher yeah. and and well, like, Ben Platt and stuff. Ben Platt but, yeah. was twenty two, and and you know, like I actually, I I actually loved that he wasn't cast as Evan because if he hadn't had the Stranger Things, you know, stardom, and he he just is such a star oh, and he sweetheart. Been, yeah, 
he would have he been he, a Jared. Yeah, he would have been a perfect Jared. And so I kind of appreciate that they're keeping true to like you fit this role well, and you're gonna kill it. And they're not just saying like you're famous now and you're of the age and you've done the Broadway. What if we just put you in this role that you might not be suited for? So I really appreciated that you know we're getting him in a role that um, makes sense and not just like. You have some clout. Let's put you in. You know, it's it's not the same. So I'm excited to see him. Yeah, I saw him in speaking of Andrew Barth Feldman. Andrew Barth Feldman famously wrote a musical version of Star Wars, like when he was yes. 12 and they did it at a concert 54 below. And I saw Gatton. I think he played. Did he play Luke? He might have played Luke Skywalker or maybe Hansel. I can't remember who he played, but he was great in that. And it was just so obvious when you see him. Yeah sing and like just be on stage that he has a presence and a charisma that is electric yeah. and it was like it was obvious so like even if you didn't know him from stranger things you're like that dude's a star and this was pre-pandemic yeah. so he was still 16 or whatever at the time um and it was pretty obvious that like he's got it like he's he's the real deal yeah i mean what look, look in four or five years we might see him in a pippin we don't know yeah we will see. Um, all right, let's talk about your favorite topic, money, Grace. Um, because last week we put myself got... on mute. <laughs> You're welcome to chime in at any point. I'm trying to keep this short so I don't bore you to death and have to do the rest of the show solo. But last week, Broadway saw nearly a collective three million dollar or ten percent increase in grosses over the previous frame to come in at thirty three million two hundred ninety thousand one hundred and eighty five dollars. Attendance also jumped up five percent to two hundred fifty seven thousand five hundred and fifty eight audience members after missing a handful of shows the previous week for covid reasons, which you and Ashley discussed uh, uh was it earlier this week, I guess um with the whole masking thing, I think it was earlier this yeah. week. Um, Moulin Rouge received an $831,556 bump for obvious reasons because they got back to a full week of performances. Then after them, Hamilton and Wicked were next with both grossing an extra $200,000. Of Broadway's 35 shows, only three, Tina, Mr. Saturday Night, and The Minutes saw week-to-week declines. And Tina's was less than $2,000 and both The Minutes and uh, Mr. Saturday Night were, weren't huge by any means in the thirty dollars to $40,000 range. At the top of the grosses ranks was, of course, The Music Man with $3,487,855. Hamilton was next at $2.27 million. The Lion King at $1.77 million. Plaza Suite at $1.65 and Wicked at $1.57. The rest of the seven-figure club in descending order were MJ, Moulin Rouge, Macbeth, Cursed Child, Funny Girl, Six, Aladdin, Hadestown, Book of Mormon, and Tina. On the other end of the grossest continuum was the skin of our teeth, unfortunately, at $165,000, Paradise Square at $242,000, Birthday Candles at $270K, Girl from the North Country at $305,000, and Hangman at $307K. Now notice a show that I did not mention for colored girls, uh, while it was literally next on the list. Um, it did pick up nearly an additional $90,000 last week to gross 339177 bucks, which, while still not nearly as much as I think the show deserves, it does make me happy that there were more people who got the chance to see this show last week and even more people in the audience for the cast to play to, Grace. Yeah, this is exactly kind of what we were just talking about with Skin of Our Teeth of 
all of the really exciting for me for me personally especially uh, led by people of color revivals that we've had have been so much uh, you know far, far just like not attended half as well as others and it really breaks my heart because they're not having full runs like i would have expected um i know we're going to get later into the show about you know, for color girls and whatnot but mm-hmm. um yeah i and and we also you know like the dip with dear evan hansen hopefully with gayton like added to the cast it's going to change some things for them and um tina i know they're announcing some stuff soon and so um yeah i'm, I'm just excited for for shows to to make more money <laughs> yeah i mean and collectively like really when you look at the grosses like as a whole they're not down that much from 2019 like in the corresponding week of 2019 they grossed 35 million nine hundred five thousand so they're you know about six and a half million dollars behind which all things considered isn't horrible i mean it's you know it's a substantial amount it's a 20 percent dip but like it could be a lot worse and probably to be honest with you should be a lot worse but um it's not bad. So I think it could be a lot worse and we'll see where if this continues to pick up as the year progresses. But one way that you can get your dollars counted and get your butts in seats is through our sponsor for this week, Todaytix. Wow, that was inspired. I just it's want to inspired. say that was a beautiful Off transition. Put me in freestyle love supreme, please. So you all know that I am planning my New York trip. And as I've started to dig down into things that I want to see and what is available, more things keep popping up on my show list. Another one that we're going to talk about later in the show. Um, but a lot of those things I am discovering via Today Ticks. Today Ticks has gotten me so many tickets over my years of theater going in New York that I wouldn't have even known about had it not been for the site. You can get amazing prices for the best theater that you've ever seen, whether it's on the website, todaytix.com or through their app and it's super easy all you have to do is go to the site or app find what you want to do and you can check out with tickets in 30 seconds or less See, here's the thing. Here, the reason that I love it so much is because some, sometimes the friends are flaky, and sometimes the friends bail, and sometimes you go, I'm in New York City, I'm in a major city, I want to go see something tonight, and there's so much flexibility when you use Today Tick, so you can book your tickets months in advance, or even the day of. I was scrolling today because I was like, huh, could I make, like, uh, How I Learned to Drive? Like, could I make a Paula Vogel tonight? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's great because you have the ability to go two months out, one month out, same day, if you're feeling spontaneous. So they've got exclusive offers as well. Today Ticks gives you access to exclusive pre-sales before a lot of other uh, theaters, limited time offers. Again, they're doing that huge campaign right now for 100,000 tickets that are heavily discounted. It's absolutely worth checking out. They've got a digital lottery almost every single morning at 9.58. I look at my Today Ticks app and decide what I'm going to play today. They've got programs to sold out shows and day of discounted tickets. So no matter where you live, it's not just for Broadway. Like we said before, London's West End, where our friend Robbie Rizell is right now. Now he's been taking advantage. You can find um, tickets in cities all across the country, Chicago, L.A., D.C., San Francisco, Sydney, and more. See that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todaytix.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. That's promo code Broadway at T-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X dot com slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase. Todaytix.com slash Broadway. 
All right, getting back into the news, Grace. Yesterday, the New York Theater Workshop announced that after a year-long search to replace one of the most influential people in all of off-Broadway theater, artistic director James C. Nicola, they have found a new person to lead the incredible arts organization, and that is Patricia McGregor. Patricia McGregor was born in St. Croix, Virgin Islands, and has had an incredible career that I think is going to make the future of NYTW even more exciting than it already was. She was the inaugural artist in residence for Adam Driver's Arts and the Armed Forces Initiatives. She is an Old Globe resident artist. Some of her high-profile productions, including uh, co-writing and directing Lights Out, Nat King Cole, which was done at the Geffen Playhouse, amongst other places, and star Daniel J. Watts and Dulé Hill. Um, would love to see that get a New York run Oof. at New York Theater Workshop. Um, uh, done a bunch of other things uh, uh, across the country. She's also served as the director uh, for a HBO's Emerging Writers Showcase, uh, as well as the associate director for Fela on Broadway. It also is important to note that she is one of the very few black women uh, to be leading an arts organization off-Broadway. Um, so that is incredible. Her husband is Freedom Bradley Ballantyne, who is the associate artistic director of San Diego's Old Globe, and they are planning on mm. moving across country with their two children. And McGregor has been a longtime member of New York Theater Workshop's usual suspects, although she hasn't directed anything there um, uh, officially on the main stage, but she says that she does kind of consider this job a sort of homecoming. So very, very excited for that. Yeah, a dramaturg friend of mine, Grace Walker, pointed out, like she posted about it today, and how, yes, there's so few black women in theater, but also we won't really know what her season looks like until next year because the season's already been set this year. So I'm yeah. really excited about the upcoming announcement when we're like, okay, what's she going to sink her teeth into? So um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thrilled for this. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned earlier some further news from Four Colored Girls, and this is something that I didn't even realize until after the fact. In fact, it didn't even get reported until uh, until Tuesday. But the wonderful Tony nominee, Kaneda R. Miller, played her final performance in Four Colored Girls this past Sunday on May 22nd. Mm -hmm. If you have seen the show, you might be able to guess why she is leaving. She is going on maternity leave. Uh, she has been replaced by Rachel Christopher in the role of Lady in Red. Uh, next up, a new show that I've added to my list of potential shows for my upcoming trip. Lincoln Center Theater and LCT3 announced a new production of The Nosebleed, written and directed by and co-starring Aya Agawa, which will begin performances on Saturday, July 16th for a six-week run through Sunday, August 28th. That'll be upstairs at the Claire Tal Theater. Um, the Nosebleed is an intimate autobiography that explores um, Agawe's fractured relationship with her long-deceased and enigmatic father. It sounds very fun. Um, they call it a theatrical memorial and healing ritual for the audience. They call it hum darkly humorous, tender, and inventive. That sounds right up my alley, Grace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know you know, I love all those themes, so yep, <laughs> I absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, all right, let's talk about some feel-good recommendations. This one if, makes me feel good, one, because it helped me fill out my, my spreadsheet. But Helen Shaw over at Vulture ran through a list of 29 plays and musicals, whether they are indoors, outdoors, uptown, downtown, coming up over the summer. And there were some things that I had on my list, some things that I'm going to be mad that I'm going to miss that aren't going to be running while I'm in town. But some other things that I have put on my list because I'm very excited to see them, including one that I actually had a ticket for before they had to cancel their run in February. I was supposed to see the Elevator Repair Services production 
of uh, Anton Chekhov's Seagull. If you mm. know Elevator Repair Service, you know they do some crazy inventive stuff. Um, so it was a, I had a ticket to see it in February. Then they canceled and postponed to July. I completely forgot, but I went ahead and got a ticket to see it um, when I'm in town this summer because uh, I've never seen anything from them, and I'm very excited. So check out that list of shows, um, some great things that I think a lot of people will be excited about. And then the last thing that I want to mention, Grace, um, you have not yet seen Which Way to the Stage, correct? No, it's only a matter of days. I can't wait. Okay, good. Well, you might not want to watch this yet, but maybe you will. But um, MCC has released... The opening scene, uh, and it is available to watch now. The scene is hilarious. It is very much in the theater in-joke world where the more theater minutia that you know, the more you will appreciate it. Um, Mm. That happens throughout the show, um, and I think that that is a feature, not a bug of the show. So if you want to kind of get a a glimpse of the humor of this show we will have a link in the show notes um a lot of people said oh people won't get it if they aren't theater obsessives i think they will they might not get all the jokes uh, but the show is much more than just uh, a joke it's it's more than just um theater in jokes i think there's an absurd amount of depth um to this show that really kind of shocked me and blew me away but this opening scene is hilarious for theater lovers so i will highly recommend that whether you've seen it whether you haven't in you know, depending on if you want to see it for the first time in the theater or not, um, check this out because it is definitely full of fun and full of giggles, whether you've seen it or not. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio New. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. And I just want to continue to say I hope everyone is having an amazing Asian American Pacific Islander uh, Native Hawaiian Heritage Month. I know we've been talking about a lot on the show, aka I haven't shut up about it, but I just want to say, like, with all of the uh, just everything going on in the world, I hope that you are finding time. Uh, if you have an Asian voice or people around you to continue to lift those stories up. And um, I've I've been discovering so many other <laughs> artists that I didn't know about before. And it's just been, uh, it's been a nice time. So that's all. I just want to say that. Happy, happy. I love it. Yeah, happy, happy. And I hope you all enjoy the big, bright, beautiful world out there uh, today <laughs> oh, on <come> Thursday. On. <laughs> and I hope that you don't get mistaken for the wrong man. But anyway. No. All right. Am I done? I think that's all I've got. That's, that's all the. Um, anyway, Grace, you and I will be back tomorrow to run it back. So everybody have a wonderful Thursday and we will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>